Uh, I want to talk to you about something today that I think is quite countercultural. Um, I want to offer this to you that weakness is the way. Weakness is the way. But I know that you've been told this your entire life, right? That strength is the way. Like only the what? Only the strong survive. Maybe you've come up in an upbringing where you quote unquote had to be strong. Maybe you didn't have a mom and dad that supported you and took care of you and loved you. So you were forced to have this strong outer appearance, this strong shell. You had to project strength, but in reality on the inside, you were very weak. Oftentimes in our culture, um, strength is a sign of power, right? Um, strength sometimes in, um, in the Christian realm can also be a sign of spiritual maturity. Man, if that guy doesn't struggle and he's not dealing with things, he must be strong. He must really know Jesus like I don't. But here's the question. What happens when you're weak? What happens, man, when you've done all that you can to give off this sense of strength and you're strong for your family and you're strong for your wife and you're strong for your kids and you're strong for your boss and all these things. But what happens when things begin to fail you and you begin to become weak? You feel weakness approaching and you don't know what to do because everything that you've tried and everything that you've tried to present yourself as it just doesn't work. I think a lot of times we often think as weakness as a negative aspect, right? That weakness many times can be a defect and, and we don't like it, so we like to present ourselves to be strong. But could it be that your weakness is your greatest opportunity for God to display the strength? Could it, be, could it be that weakness is the way? Could it be that weakness is the way to gospel strength? So what I want to do real quick, I want to list out four different um, areas that I think many of us feel weak in. Um, so number one is this. Some of us feel like physically weak, right? Maybe you were the guy... Um, that going through school, you know, you just you didn't have the ideal body frame. I mean, I always did, but uh, <laughs> kidding. Um, I was a linebacker. Um, no, maybe maybe growing up you felt weak. Maybe you were smaller than other people, or or maybe at one time you were strong, and um, due to an accident or due to a disease or due to something, it took your strength away. It took your ability and your physical capabilities to, maybe as a man, like the way that you provided for your family was turning a wrench, and now you're coming to the point where you can't do that anymore. You feel weak. Number two, some of us feel weak because uh, we feel mental weakness. Maybe you weren't the smartest person growing up. Maybe you sat in school and the teacher showed you like, 50,000 times how to do the most basic simple problem and you're still like, ain't registering. <laughs> it's not working. It's just not happening. Maybe you didn't do so well in school so you feel insecure when you come into conversations with people because maybe you're scared that they're going to find out what your capacity is or, or, or what your weakness really is. Um, number three, maybe you feel emotional weakness. Maybe you're the first one to unravel when a difficult situation presents itself. Maybe when life gets hectic and busy, you're, like, you're the first one to just break down crying. Your husband looks at you and he's like, why are you crying? And you're like, I don't know, I'm just crying. Maybe you feel emotionally weak. 
Or maybe life is so crazy and it's so busy or, or something happened. Maybe you lost a loved one and at one time you were always strong and, and then tragedy hits or um, chaos hits and you feel emotionally weak. You feel like your emotions are going ahead of you and you don't know what to do. You don't know why you're responding this way. Or maybe number four, maybe you feel spiritually weak. Maybe you just got saved and you feel incompetent around mature believers because you don't know all the answers. Um, or, or, or maybe you've been saved for a long time and, man, you were like on the highest of mountains with Jesus. You felt like you and Jesus, you were tight, you were close. And everything in your life and spiritual life was just going well. And, and then something happens and, and you feel like, man, I haven't heard from Jesus in a long time. I haven't heard his voice. I haven't heard him say anything. Maybe you feel like you're in the doldrums. Does anybody know what the doldrums are? It's a place in the Atlantic and Pacific Ocean where the wind ceases to, to blow. Like you get in there with a sailboat, you're stuck. <laughs> you better have a motor on your boat. There's no wind. So, so maybe you felt like you were in the ocean. You were on this journey and on this spiritual high. And everything's going great. Maybe you came in here and you got saved in this church a few months ago, and you're like, man, this is awesome, this is great. And then all of a sudden, like right now, you're like, God, where are you? What's going on? That feeling that I once had, I don't really feel it anymore. Or maybe you just got busy, and, and things happened, and chaotic times presented themselves, and your relationship with Jesus is not what it used to be. But through all these weaknesses, the gospel calls us to boast in our weakness so that Christ's strength can be made perfect in us. Your weakness is your greatest opportunity for Jesus to present his strength in your life, regardless of where you're at, regardless if you feel physical weakness, mental weakness, spiritual weakness, whatever it is. So listen, Paul's going to offer us some wisdom here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, we've got a huge one that we brought. It's right here. Um, so chapter 12, verse 7 through 10. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, this is Paul talking, he says, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. So Paul is saying, listen, um, Paul is the one that began to understand and Paul is the one that God began to reveal like, hey, the gospel is not just for the Jews, it's also for the Greeks. It's for you and it's for me, so he was the first one that God begins to show the grand scheme of his plan. You imagine if you were that one? Like, man, I, God spoke to me the grand plan for all of humanity. Do you think you would get a little prideful? Like, hey, man, Peter, you spent three years with Jesus, but uh, I don't know why. He just decided to speak to me. I think I'm a little bit more spiritual than you. You know, he, so what does he say? He says, so, so Jesus, God gave me a thorn in the flesh so that I would not become puffed up, so that I would not be conceited. And then it says in verse 8, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. So three times he sat down and he prayed and he said, God, please take this pain away from me. Please take this pain away from me. Um, we don't know what the thorn in the flesh is. Many theologians believe it was some kind of physical ailment, some kind of physical problem. Paul had went through a lot of things in his life. Um, so they believe maybe he had something wrong with his body. 
Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, this is huge, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. My power, does it say my power is made better in weakness? My, my power is made strong in weakness? No, my power is made perfect in weakness. For my power is made perfect in weakness. And then he says, therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardship. Can you say that? Like, I'm content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Wow. For when I am at my worst. For when I feel so weak that I can't even get out of bed and pray and seek God because I just feel so fragile. I feel weak. Christ is made strong through our weaknesses. His power is made perfect through our weakness. I don't know if you realize this, but Jesus, who is God, presents himself in the form of a baby and comes down to earth and models that weakness is the way. He models for Jesus faced every single temptation that you did. Did he sin? No, but he faced every single temptation that you did. Jesus, get this, Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the universe, comes to earth in the form of the most vulnerable being, a baby. He's born in a stable, not in a palace. He's born to a carpenter, not a king. Jesus, the Savior of the universe, is stripped of his dignity by being beaten and hung naked on a cross. I, I would beg to differ that that is sheer weakness. Now, listen to this in Luke 22. This is Jesus' greatest moment of weakness that we see all throughout Scripture. Luke 22, 42 through 44. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. So, so this is what's happening. Jesus is realizing that he's about to get beaten. He's about to get hung naked on a cross. His beard's about to get ripped out. A crown of thorns is about to be pressed on his head. People are going to mock him. He's going to be weak. And so he's sitting in the garden, and he's going, God, if you can remove this from me, just please take it. I feel so weak. Remove this cup from me. But then he says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And, and get this. Jesus, Savior of the universe, in verse 43, and there appeared to him an angel from heaven strengthening. What? what? Okay, this is Jesus, the guy that never sinned, the guy that stood up to the Roman Empire, the guy that declares all these things. And he's sitting in the garden, and he's like, God, send me an angel, because please, I'm about to back out on this whole deal. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Some of us should just get that real quick. When you are weak, your only hope is going to God and crying out in desperation. He's crying out in agony. 
and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. See, in this part of the narrative, in this part of the story, Jesus is at his weakest moment. The agony and the reality of the horrible death that is quickly approaching him is now staring at him in the face like this is about to go down. He's so overwhelmed that he needs an angel to come down to encourage him, to strengthen him. But I want you to notice something. Jesus' acts of weakness have become our greatest source of strength. Jesus' acts of weakness have become mine and yours greatest source of strength. If there was no agony in the garden, then there was no cross. If there was no Jesus hanging on a cross and there was no salvation and there was no bridge and there was no way for you and for me. Every act of weakness was Jesus declaring over and over what 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon. You are not made strong by your appearance of strength. Listen, here's what we do. When we go through difficult times and hardships, or, or, or maybe just a shift in our schedule and we don't know what to do, here's what we like to do. We like to have the appearance of strength. When inside, things are just falling apart. They're falling apart. And we like to, to put this front on because we hate it when people see us at our weakest. We're prideful. But in, the, in reality, your source of strength does not come from inside of you. Your source of strength comes from Jesus. And when you're at your weakest, you have to understand that your greatest strength cannot be found in anything that you can muster up. But your greatest strength is found in Jesus. Your weakness is your greatest opportunity for the gospel to be advanced. Because listen, when people see you at your weakest, the world is watching. Friends are watching. Family is watching. How are you going to handle that situation? When you're at your weakness... We have an opportunity for the gospel to go forth. But here's the truth. The sense of weakness can cast like this dark cloud over our existence at times, can it? Like, man, well, I, I feel so weak. I feel like, you know, uh, maybe you go in and for my wife and I, it's been about a month and a half of just, just craziness. Um, trying to get moved here so we can finally be residents of Crowley, and there's been just so many hiccups within our house and all this stuff, and uh, about a month and a We've been two months without just this, this crazy schedule, packing up a house, moving into my parents' house, living with in-laws, and if anybody's done that, you know what I'm talking about. Nothing is normal about our lives right now. Nothing. Like, the only sense of privacy that Claire and I have right now is when we decide I've got to go to the bathroom. And we tend to spend a lot longer in the bathroom these days. For no apparent reason. At least I do. At times our weakness is so apparent, it's so obvious to us, that we feel like failure is imminent. I feel so weak, I might as well just fail. Because I've got nothing left to give. I feel so weak that I might as well just not do this Jesus thing. Because I feel so weak 
But to be honest with you, your own strength is quite laughable. Your own strength is quite laughable. You have no strength outside of Jesus. There is no amount of strength that you can muster up. There is no facade that you can put on that is going to fix the weakness in your heart. Man, you, you, can, you can have the appearance of weakness, but inside you're dying. See, your own strength is fleeting and can be taken away from you. See, if you find your strength in your physical abilities, like in your body, being able to do things, you're going to get out of bed one morning and your back is going to hurt. You're going to get out of bed one morning and your arm is not going to work like it used to. Like, your strength is leaving you physically. The older you get, the more and more that you become aware of it. I turned 29 last week and... I know it's not that old, but still, I'm not 18. At 18, I used to could run for miles and, and not get tired. I'd be like, this is awesome. I don't understand what you guys are complaining about. Like, why don't you take a break? I run around the house with my kids now, and they're like, Dad, let's go. I'm like, son, get off me. All right, I need to take a break. I need to take a break. But we crave to be admired for our strength. And when our strength fails us, we feel like a punctured balloon. We crave to be admired for our strength. We love when people say, man, dude, you're just so strong. I know um, many of you know the story of Pastor Josh Lindsay and their son. Their oldest son, Joel, has pulmonary hypertension. It's idiopathic, which means there is no cause and there is no cure. Um, He's been dealing with this for, what, three years almost now? And uh, remember, he said the thing that used to bother him in the very beginning is when they found all this out, and I mean, they've handled the whole situation very well. He said the thing that just bothered him so much is when people would come up to me and say, dude, you're so strong. I don't understand how your wife, your wife do this. You're just so strong. He's like, there's nothing strong about me right now. They're telling me that my son has a year to live. There's nothing strong about me. The appearance of strength comes from Jesus. The only reason that I'm not falling to pieces right now is because I have a source of strength, which is Jesus. If your, if your source of strength is yourself, in the midst of trials and temptations and adversity, you will be crushed. The only reason that people can look at them and say, man, you're so strong. They might give Josh and Lindsay the credit, but the truth is it all comes from Jesus. I know the, the feeling of weakness very well. Um, I'm the hardest person on myself. Anybody deal with that? Like you do something, you're so hard on your, I'm so hard on myself. I'm such a perfectionist, I hate when I fail. Um, my wife will tell you this. It's like my wife will do something and fail and at something, and babe, you're great, it's okay, we're going to get over it, and she's fine. It takes me like five hours, and I screwed up. I'm just, I am going to hell, and, and it's, it's all over. Um... But I know the feeling of weakness very well. About a year and a half ago, I was on, uh, I was on the highway, or not on the, I was on the road at Jennings. I was coming out of McDonald's, and I was on a little moped, you know, my wife, that my wife told me not to get, but I convinced her because my plan was I really wanted to get a motorcycle. So I said, well, let me just, she said no. So I said, well, let me get a moped first. I'll learn how to drive that, and then I'll graduate to a motorcycle. So, like, I was almost there. And then this lady decided to ruin my whole dreams, and I was going about 45 miles an hour, and she clipped me, and I fell over. 
and uh, landed into oncoming traffic, went into the road like a slip and slide, banged up my knees. Um, I remember I freaked my wife out because before I passed out on the grass from all the adrenaline, uh, I remember standing up and for some, somehow I grabbed my phone and I called my wife, I was like, I broke my legs, and I just fell out. So my wife, I'm a jokester, she's like, he's, no way. And so I think she gave it a little while and they went to the hospital. But I remember for like a month and a half, I was just absolutely useless. My wife had to do everything for me. Everything. Like, to put on pants was the hardest thing in the world because the road rash was so bad. I put on pants, I remember even in certain jeans, I like just cut holes in them. People were like, oh, you're making a fashion statement? No, like my knees cannot go on the jean. It doesn't work. So I know this, the feeling of weakness also well. Like for some of you men, you know it too. Like man, your, your ability to do things and to provide for your family came from your strength. Getting in a motorcycle accident and the realization of, man, that can be taken away from you in an instant. And if my source of strength comes from here and, and me, can be gone like that. My wife and I understand the feeling of weakness very well the past uh, month and a half. We've been supposed to close on our house for about a week almost, and they kept pushing the closing date further and further along, and I won't get into all that because it just frustrates me, but they pushed it further and further along, so we're still staying with my parents. In the middle of all this, this virus runs rampant through our house, and every single kid gets sick, including myself. Then on top of that, um, and this is all in like a month and a half. On top of that, both of my cars break down, so I've got to spend like thousands of dollars on both vehicles. I know the feeling of weakness, of, of looking at things and going, God, uh, we're trying to do something good here. We're trying to plant a church, and I'm just being smacked up. Like, what am I doing? You feel helpless. You feel like you don't know what to do. And uh, I felt stuck. I honestly did. And it wasn't until a few days ago that I started reading in 2 Corinthians and going, hold on, like, what am I doing? Why am I letting this grab the better of me? My weakness is my opportunity for God to prove that he is strong. Weakness is the way to genuine strength. Weakness is the way to genuine strength. So what do we do when we feel weak? What do we do when we feel vulnerable? What do we do when we feel helpless? Three things. They seem so simple, but they couldn't be more than true. Number one, look to Christ. Look to Christ. When you feel weak, look to Jesus. Look to Christ as your loving, sin-bearer, and living Lord, that he takes on all of your flaws and all of your weaknesses. You look to him when you feel like a failure. Embrace him as your savior. Embrace him as your master. In his presence, resolve to leave behind the old life. Look to Christ. Number two, love Christ. Love Christ. Jesus. Love Christ in an unending gratitude for his unending love for you. Labor to please him in absolutely everything we do. 
And get this, some of you need to hear this this morning. Just like Paul, stop regarding human approval as the way to importance. Love Christ, not the approval of man. Man, the approval of men and women will kill you and will block out the side of the approval that Christ puts over you. See, when many of us feel weak, instead of going to Jesus, instead of looking to the love of Christ, what do we do? We look for approval in men and women. Am I doing a good job? Am I, am I doing this? Is, it, is this well? Is this? We want their approval more than we want the approval of Jesus. Earlier in uh, Corinthians, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he said this, With me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you. It's a very small thing that what you say to me should affect you. He says, it is the Lord who judges me. It is the Lord who gives me approval and worth. So in my weakness, I'm not looking for a source of strength in myself or anyone else. I'm looking for the source of strength in the one who is the source of strength, which is Jesus. Number three, lean on Christ. Lean on Christ. Or better yet, lean in to Jesus. Lean on Christ and rely on him to, to, to supply all that you need through the Holy Spirit to strengthen you. No matter how weak, no matter how gloomy, no matter how bad your circumstances have become, lean on Christ. Paul reveals that Christ assigned to him an unhealed thorn. Right? The thorn in the flesh. And three times he pleads with the Lord to take it away. And Jesus' response is appalling. It's a response that most of us don't want. But Jesus' response is, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. And Paul's response is honestly quite countercultural, isn't it? For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. With great confidence, Paul surely declares that weakness is the way to genuine strength that can only be found in Christ. God's not going to let you stay strong forever. He's just not going to let you. Look, you can find your identity and your strength, your ability your mental capacity, maybe how high you feel on the spiritual mountaintop right now. You can look to that and that can be your identity. But just as quick as I got hit by a car on my bike, your life can alter in a second. And if your strength comes from any other source than outside of Jesus, it's a fleeting strength. It's a fragile strength. It's a strength that will never sustain you, that will never fulfill you, that will never give you what you're looking for. Weakness is the way. Weakness is the way. Second Corinthians, I absolutely love this verse. We're going to back up a little bit in chapter 4. Verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not us. For we have this treasure 
and jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not us. Jars of clay was simply an ancient metaphor for human weakness. And treasure meaning we have the knowledge and the glory of God. So, so here's the thing. Jesus entrusts the greatest gift, the greatest thing that he's ever given humanity in fragile vessels. Why? Why? Why would he entrust something so important, so precious, to jars of clay? Why would he give something that he gave his life for to human beings that are weak and vulnerable? Well, to show that weakness is the way. To show that the greatest gift of all humanity is greatly exploited to the world when people can just say, you know what, I don't have it all figured out. I need some help. That speaks greater volumes when you say, you know what, I'm weak. Rather than when you walk into a room and somebody asks you, How, how's it going, and you answer for the millionth time, it's great. Nobody can help you when you try to get this appearance and this facade of strength. But in your weakness, you can come to a place humility, and you can come to a place where whatever you're dealing with or whatever you're battling with, God begins to break down those walls. And he begins to strengthen you, and he begins to comfort you, and he begins to lead you as you lean on Jesus. See, our, our weakness causes us to remember that our strength does not come from what we can muster up. See, our source of strength comes from Jesus. Our strength comes from Jesus, not our abilities. If your strength is found in your physical abilities, we've got to remember that it can be taken away. If your strength is found in your mental capabilities, we've got to remember that it can be taken away. These are not eternal sources. So if your strength is in how good of a week you did spiritually, like, man, I didn't sit that much this week, feel great. What happens when you blow it? What, ha what happens when you blow it? What happens when you just absolutely screw it all up? It's going to happen. <laughs> it's it's going to happen. And if our source of strength is found in how well we perform, man, you're going to be let down big time. Big time. Our source is Jesus. Our strength is Jesus. Continuing in 2 Corinthians, this is the hope that we have this morning in our weakness. We are not afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, and not driven to despair. Why can Paul say, I'm not afflicted, I'm not crushed, I'm not driven to despair, even though I'm extremely weak? Because his strength comes from Jesus and not his abilities. So when things don't work out just the way that he wanted them to, guess what? He's still strong in his weakness because he can rely on the source of strength. When your source of strength is everlasting, it will never be crushed, it will never be destroyed. Second Corinthians continues on. Persecuted but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed. 
always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life Jesus may the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Your weakness is your greatest opportunity to show that God can be made strong in your weakness. And if your source of strength is in Jesus, you will not be crushed. You will not be afflicted, even though you may be afflicted. It's not going to crush you. Here's the deal. Weakness is not a defect. It's God's plan. Weakness is not a defect. It's God's plan. Look at the human body. Man, you, you, can, you can wear all the lotion you want. It's not going to get the wrinkles out. You, you can dye your hair as many times as you want. The fact is, it's still gray. It's still gray. You can wear all the spanks you want. It's still hanging out. You are getting older. You can't change it. You can buy all the products you want. It does not change the fact that you're getting older. Weakness is God's plan. It's not a defect. Embrace it. Embrace it. Honestly, I look forward to getting older. I look forward to the fact that when I can stand at those doors and people are like, you're the pastor? How old are you? You're the pastor? <laughs> oh, yeah. I look forward to getting older. Look to Christ. Love Christ. Lean on Christ. Recognize that weakness is God's plan for us. And here's what I want you to leave here with this morning. Don't continue down the road that you have to appear that you're strong. Listen, it is the greatest stumbling block for many of us. Man, God wants to do so much in your life, and a lot of times, because of your pride, because you want the appearance of strength, it's a roadblock. The Bible says there's literally one sin that God cannot stand in its Listen, I would rather come to a place where I look like an absolute fool, confessing my sin, confessing my thoughts, my doubts, my worries, and it look like a complete mess rather than destroying my family. Rather than living 10 years completely unsatisfied. Rather than living a lifetime of despair. I have this saying that I've used for the past few years and shared a little bit with you guys before, but I have the saying that I live by and it's simply fight to know that to know Jesus is genuinely going to be a fight. It's going to be a war. It's going to be a battle. And here's the game. You've got to constantly remind yourself not to trade temporary pleasures for eternal gain. Listen, I would rather temporarily be weak, temporarily look like an idiot if that would, that's what it has to be in front of people, look like a mess so that God can work, so that God can be strong, so that his power can be made perfect in my vulnerability, in my weakness, in my messiness, 
So here's what God's calling some of you to do. Just be willing to be messy for a little bit so that he can work on those deeper issues of your life, your heart. Don't let pride stand in the way of allowing God to do what he needs to do and what only, to be honest with you, he can do. He's the only one. He's the only one. Weakness is the way. Weakness is the way to true gospel-centered strength.